This is Robert Hope Jones saying hello again and welcoming you back to the Organist Encores. Now, as I look at the calendar, I see that we're sitting on the cusp of both the Chinese New Year and Valentine's Day. So why don't we have a two-sided program dipping into both the fiery atmosphere of a Lunar New Year celebration and then bringing down the pace on the softer side, the romantic side, all played on the instruments we love so much. So let's head to 1929 London, somewhere in the West End. Thank you. 
Fort, making some very oriental sounds of the day on that Model F Wurlitzer installed in the then New Gallery Cinema Regent Street with an arrangement that stretched all eight ranks to the hand traps array to the full to get our Chinese theme off to a fiendish start in a Chinese temple garden. A short walk from Regent Street is Soho, home to London's colourful Chinatown. On the front end is Leicester Square, home to the Empire Cinema. Its 420 Wurlitzer was king of the square for a while before it was saved and removed to Len Roar's living room. During the dismantling of the organ, I understand that the organ was coated in thick London coal soot. If only Len and his team could have just dropped it off at a, one of Chinatown's Chinese laundries before he brought it home. flight there, no doubt inspired a little bit by George Wright's Flight to Tokyo album, with two numbers, Chinatown My Chinatown and the Chinese Laundry Blues. I think most listeners here will be quite intrigued to hear and see how Len's instrument turns out in its new venue. The coming new year is moving into the sign of the dragon. It's considered a powerful, charismatic figure. Portrayed as a fire-breathing beast, Peter, Paul and Mary's poem-based hit, Puff the Magic Dragon, couldn't be further away from the truth. Let's leave it to Dave Wickerham to breathe a little heat into it.
instantly recognisable Embassy Fort Wayne page organ, and Dave Wickerham bringing a classical touch to that 1963 hit. I don't think I've heard the Embassy organ played in a classical style before, and it carried it well with a very solid sound. Now the question on my mind right now is, how do I bridge the Chinese New Year themed half of the programme with our romantic second part? Perhaps I should go with something rare, something live, something right. rare recording of George Wright live at the Paramount New York and his brilliant off-the-cuff rendition of A Slow Boat to China. I suppose in that venue George had to be on his game given the fact that you had eminent orchestra leaders such as Duke Ellington often present in the house. Thanks go to Bill Cole uh, for providing that track. I believe it was digitised by recording engineer Supremo Bill Leitner along with other recordings that are all available to listen to thanks to Bill's archive up on the Genius of George Wright website. So now that our slow boat to China has docked in Smoochville, we'd better make good use of our time together. Certainly, the much-missed Chris Gorsuch made good use of his time when he took this Frederick Fennell arrangement and bathed it in the glorious sounds of a Kansas Barton. Thank you. 
love walked in, romantically weaved on the 321 Grand Barton in the Granada Theatre, Kansas City. I believe that instrument wasn't strictly a Barton, but the combination of pipework made that room crackle with life when it was played. Moving from Gershwin, we go to a Mancini and Mercer piece with bittersweet lyrics wrapped up in a melody that really hides the darker nature of the tune to elicit memories of golden times and idealised love.
Dan Bellamy with the dreamy Days of Wine and Roses from the 1962 movie of the same name starring Jack Lemmon and Lee Remick. Warning, folk about the dangers of intoxication from substances and beauty. Talking of beauty, here's another artist who knows how to carry a beautiful ballad.
our very own Simon Gledhill there, who clearly studies the lyrics, and it shows with phrasing there, not unlike the great Billie Holiday, supported by the Ray Ellis Orchestra. The orchestra in this case being Wurlitzer Opus 1783 in the Alabama Theatre, Birmingham, and that gorgeous rendition of But Beautiful. I don't know why, but to my ears, that organ has a sound much bigger than its 20 ranks. We'll come back to it at the end of the show, so do hang on in there. We've had two bittersweet songs in a row now, so we'd better remedy that right away, otherwise we'll be dampening the romantic mood of the second half. Fans will no doubt recognise the artist and instrument of our next track immediately. Thank you. 
Phil Kelsall getting straight to the point romantically on the Tower Ballroom Blackpool Wurlitzer with three numbers, them being Chanson de Moor, The Old Fashioned Way and Can't Live Without You. Phil's been at the helm of that instrument for so long now it's hard to imagine either one being without the other. Valentines, like most of these kinds of occasions, have been more recently guided by commercial interests and, as a result, as the years go by, the occasion gets more chocolatey, rosier, fluffier and pinker. Now, back in the good old days of 1933, love was a rip-roaring affair that could literally strike you down. There, ending our romantic second half on the outrageous end of the colour spectrum with a number called Strike Me Pink, made famous by the Arden Omen Orchestra in 1933, and stoked back to life there the Riggsy way. Well, that brings us nicely to the end of the show, and by the time you're hearing this, here in Hong Kong, it will be the eve of the Chinese New Year, and come midnight, the atmosphere will be very much back to a celebratory one at the local temple with a ceremony topped off with the lighting of an enormous string of firecrackers. So before that happens, let me wish you a happy Year of the Dragon, and as they say locally, Kung Hei Fa Choi. <laughs> 